Welcome back to Teachable Moments with April Podcast. I am your host, April. A Prayer of Wisdom The wisdom of the source of the universe flows through and as me. In each moment of my life, I pause to remind myself of this truth. During moments of fear, the wisdom of God flows through me and I bring peace to the situation. During moments of confusion, the wisdom of God flows through me and I am equipped to know what to do. During moments of unknowing, the wisdom of God flows through me and I take the necessary actions. This prayer is by Rev. Cherie Taylor-Jones. Today's content is from Teaching Humble Hearts. We're going to continue the conversation about distinguishing between judgment and discernment. This article was written by Jennifer Sum in 2011. As believers, we are warned to discern good from evil, but not to judge people. Learning the difference, however, takes time and practice. In general, our judgments tend to be superficial and biased based on what we can see. Even a small child can judge and condemn someone. True discernment sees beyond the superficial and relies on Christ-like empathy and wisdom. We are called to grow in discernment in order to mature as a believer. A Bible scripture to back that up is Hebrews 5.14. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. A judgmental spirit uses many disguises. No human being has the right to judge another human being. We are all sinful in one way or another. Only God, who is perfect and who has set the law of righteousness, can judge any one of us. How can imperfect people judge other imperfect people? At James 4:12, it says, God alone, who gave the law, is the judge. He alone has the power to save or to destroy. So what right do you have to judge your neighbor. Then we see at Romans 2.1, Therefore you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges, for in passing judgment on another you condemn yourself because the judge practice the very same things. We live in an age where everyone proclaims their right to their personal opinion and free speech. This may apply to the world, but as followers of Jesus, we are told we are not of this world. We are called to be self-controlled and focus on whatever is constructive and beneficial to others. Self-censorship may be seen as weak and undesirable by this world, but it is a very necessary part of us renouncing ungodliness and worldly passions. At John 17, 16, it says, They are not of this world, just as I am not of the world. 
1 Corinthians 10, 23-24 says, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. Then at Titus 2, 11 and 12 says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in the present age. Few people would admit to being judgmental because we have all learned to disguise our judgments. Many judgments, for example, are dressed up as passing comments or jokes. Popular entertainment often judges and ridicules people and tempts us to laugh along with mockers. God's word calls this corrupting talk because it corrupts our hearts. We see this at Proverbs 3:34 and 35. The Lord mocks the mockers, but is gracious to the humble. The wise inherit honor, but fools are put to shame. At Ephesians 4.29, we see, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as it fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Alternately, we may be asked for our opinions about other people. If we are not careful to consider our words, we end up slandering someone. Our words will not go unnoticed by God. He will call us to give an account for every careless word we speak on Judgment Day. This is a reminder that will certainly keep any believer sober-minded. At Colossians 4, 6, we see, Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Then we look at Psalms 101, 5. Whoever slanders his neighbor, secretly I will destroy. Whoever has a haughty look and an arrogant heart, I will not endure. At Matthew 12, 36, it says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. Then there are judges we call stereotypes, or we give people unkind nicknames. We judge and evaluate people based on man-made classifications that mean nothing to God. God is impartial to our stereotypes. He judges people only on whether we follow him or follow Satan. At Romans 2.11 it says, For God shows no partiality. At Galatians 3.28 it says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. The Heart That Judges Judgments begin silently in our hearts. They do not need to be spoken out loud or acted upon. God sees our hidden judgmental attitudes and weighs our hearts. At Proverbs 21, 2, we see every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. At Ecclesiastes 12, 14, it says, For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. We may not even notice when we become judgmental, 
Here are a few typical hidden judgmental biases. Do we instinctively avoid certain types of people? Do we quietly scoff at people we consider foolish or unrefined? Do we roll our eyes at some types of behavior? Have we agreed with social media posts that involve negative comments on certain people? At Romans 15.1, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Judgment hampers communications because our perspectives create a filter through which we see them. We do not see them as God sees them. Why we judge. There are many reasons why we judge others in our hearts. Perhaps we have been hurt or offended by someone and have legitimate grievances against them. Legitimacy, however, does not equate to authority. Only God who created all people has the right to judge his own creation. As sinful people, we do not have the authority to judge God's creations, no matter how flawed they may be. When we judge other people, we place ourselves above God. At Romans 3:23, it says, For everyone has sinned. We all have fallen short of God's glorious standard. Also at Romans 14, 10, verses 10, verses 10 through 13, it says, Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God, for it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself or herself to God. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. Other times we judge other people for less obvious or even conscious reasons. And here are some examples. Low self-esteem. We put others down in an effort to elevate or feel better about ourselves. The Bible says at Philippians 2, 3, do nothing from rivalry or conceit, conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Deflection. We justify our own sinful behavior by identifying those who are worse than us. The Bible says at Luke 6, 37, I'm sorry, 6, 37, judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Another possibility of this is peer pressure. We want to be accepted and fit in with others. We fear people more than we fear God. The Bible says at Proverbs 29, 25, fearing people is a dangerous, it is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. The next possibility is bitterness. We protect our and project, sorry, our disappointments, pain, and bitterness onto others and judge them. The Bible says at Hebrews 12:15, see to it that no one fails 
to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it may and many become defiled. Self-righteousness is a possibility as well. We think we are more righteous than the other people. The Bible says in Romans 3.10, as it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. And lastly, self-hatred, self-accusation, and lack of self-forgiveness. We judge ourselves very harshly and therefore judge others too. The Bible says at 1 Corinthians 4 verses 3 through 5, As for me, it matters very little how I might be evaluated by you or by any human authority. I don't even trust my own judgment on this point. My conscience is clear, but that doesn't prove I'm right. It is the Lord himself who will examine me and decide. So don't make judgments about anyone ahead of time before the Lord returns. For he will bring our darkest secrets to light and will reveal our private motives. Then God will give to each one whatever praise is due. So whatever our motivations may be, a judgmental spirit is one we must renounce. When we judge others, we bring God's fiery judgment upon ourselves. The more harshly we judge other people, the more harshly God will judge us in return. Is it worth it? At James 2, 12 and 13, So speak and so act as though who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy, and to know to anyone or to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Let's say it again. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Then at Luke 6, 37 and 38, it says, Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And lastly, we see at 2 Corinthians 5.10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Now we turn our attention to the real meat of it. A healthy type of judgment discernment. There is a type of judgment that is necessary for all believers and that is the ability to discern between good and evil. I'm going to read it again. There is a type of judgment that is necessary for all believers and that is the ability to discern between good and evil. At 1 Thessalonians 5.21, it says, But test everything, hold fast what is good. There are some Christians who, in their effort to not be judgmental, have forsaken all wisdom and failed to test all things for sin and falsehood. This leaves them vulnerable to falling for any and every form of evil. This is how worldly attitudes and false teachings slowly seep in 
and corrupt our souls. This certainly is not wise. So I'm going to stop right here. And last night I was looking at um, some videos on YouTube and it was showing different uh, YouTubers who were taking closer looks at very prominent um, ministers and ministries and mega churches and giving their commentary on how they started out one way, but then at some point they kind of stop discerning which is the healthy type of judgment and therefore allowing certain things that they know to be wrong because it's wrong not because of their own opinion it's based bible based okay and they're saying how are they allowing this to happen they notice to be wrong but yet by being not saying anything you know, and just letting certain things just go past them, that this is very, very dangerous. This is very, very dangerous. And this is how worldly acts, I think this right here, it, it captures what I was picking up from their commentary. This is how worldly attitudes and false teachings slowly seep in and corrupt not only the ministers but their flock and remember we talked about that the response the many responsibilities of religious leaders pastors uh priests and stuff is to guard the flock it's to guard the flock guard themselves but the flock just like the original good and great shepherd jesus christ now we look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 21 and 22. But test everything, how fast what is good, and hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. The Bible calls us to develop the ability to discern God's will. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Discern if our ways please God or not. At Proverbs 14.8, the wisdom of the prudent is to discern his way, but the folly of fools is deceiving. Discern what is evil and expose it. Ephesians 5.10 and 11 and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part, take no part, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Discern between evil spirits, 1 Corinthians 12, 10. To another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. Discern if someone's teachings are truly from God or not. 1 John 4, 1, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they were are, are and from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. I'll read it again. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. Could this be what we're looking at? When I'm looking at these things, 
and people are kind of pointing out stuff. I'm like, okay, hmm. As we can see, we are to judge spiritual matters, not people. So that's another thing that we all need to, including myself, (laughs) is uh, to judge spiritual matters, not the people. No matter how prominent these people are, you know, and the mega churches and whatnot, it is, it is, you have to be so careful. You just have to be so careful. No matter how high they have gone up in, in recognition for what they do, uh, uh, how big their flocks are, um, you never can take your eyes off the prize here. You can never not focus because you can fall. You can fall and you can fall hard and you can fall away, most importantly, from our creator, Jehovah God. Okay. However, this is not always so straightforward because what may appear right to us could actually lead, there it is, what, oh, let's read it again. However, this is not always so straightforward. See, it's such, such a fine line because that may appear, what may appear right to us could actually lead to spiritual death. At Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way that seems right to a man, but it is in, in its end, it's the way to death. Developing our own acumen to discern involves the renewal of our minds, to see things from God's perspective rather, the wor- rather than the world's. Thankfully, we can always turn to the Holy Spirit and God's word for discernment. At Romans 12, 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. 1 Corinthians 2.14 The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Hebrews 4.12 For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning things and the thoughts and intentions of the heart. God will never rebuke us for asking for wisdom and discernment. There are no stupid questions before God. We simply need to ask for it from our hearts. And lastly, look at James 1.5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. Okay, so now we're going to turn our attention to um, using discernment in the body of believers. It is crucial for believers to know how to discern what is evil, which includes sin and falsehood. Both can lead us down the wide path, not the narrow, of eternal destruction if we are not discerning. Now at Matthew 7, 13 and 14, it says, Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. 
Discerning what is sinful or false inside both our hearts and our Christian communities is crucial, not as a means to condemn, but rather to save. So I'm going to say that again. That is so, so, so prolific. Discerning what is sinful or false inside both our hearts, you can't forget that, and our Christian communities is crucial. It is intent, to me it's intent, okay? Not as a means to condemn, okay? We're not here to condemn people, okay? But rather to save, that should be the, the, the sentiment, okay? Saving ourselves and helping our fellow man and woman to be saved, okay? Here lies a key difference between discernment and judgment. Discernment that is not loving, okay, but is condemning. And that is what makes it become judgment, the wrong kind. Hypocritical judgment is what we talked about in the previous episode on what is the difference between discernment and judgment, okay? At John 3, 17 and 18, For God did not send his son into this world to condemn the world, okay? So Jesus didn't come here to condemn the world, okay? So he didn't come and we're following Christ, then if he's not condemning it and we're trying to have a Christ-like, we're imperfect now, but the closest proximity to it is for us not to condemn others, but in order that the world might be saved through him. That was his whole mission, more or less. So if he's not condemning it, why are we condemning it? Makes sense, right? Okay. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. So now we're going to look at something quickly, judgment and discernment, so that we truly understand or come to close enough of an understanding that we can, okay? Judgment, let's look at judgment first. Judgment, what's underneath judgment? Condemnation. Judgment assumes someone is forever condemned to stay a certain way. Underneath judgment is opponent. Judgment actively puts people on opposing sides. It always drives disconnection. You want to connect, not disconnect, to connect. Glorify Satan. This is judgment now. Judgment focuses on and highlights how Satan has successfully trapped a person and made that made in God's image with sin or falsehood. It glorifies Satan's work. And lastly for judgment is pride and self-righteousness. Judgment assumes we know the full picture and therefore we are wise in our own eyes and we know better. Okay? Now we look to discernment, which is what we want. Salvation. Discernment sees what blocks someone, okay, that are willing to be saved, okay? Observer, discernment takes a more passive, positive observer. 
glorifies God. Discernment highlights God's will. Humility and empathy versus pride and self-righteousness on the judgment side. Discernment requires that only God has the full picture and also requires empathy toward and being empathetic to other people's views, okay? We ought to know that there will be times where judgment is needed, okay? And that is to discern when the health of the body of believers, sorry, believers is at stake. At 1 Corinthians 5, 12 and 13, for what I what, oh, excuse me, for what have I to do with judging outsiders? It is not those inside the church whom you are to judge. God judges those outside. Purge the evil person from among you. Let me read that again. Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. Purge the evil person from among you. Here are some actual examples of how this biblical principle was, uh, has been put into practice. Okay, Apostle Paul openly rebuked a group for condoning a man who had sexual relations with his mother, his own mother at that. He judged the unrepentant man and instructed them to remove him from their midst. At 1 Corinthians 5, 1 through uh 1 through 4 and 5, it says, It is actually reported that there is sexual immor- immorality among you, and of a kind that is not tolerated even among pagans. For a man has his father's wife, and you are arrogant. Ought you not rather to mourn? Let him who has done this be removed from among you. For though absent in body, I am present in spirit. And as if present, I have already pronounced judgment on the one who did such a thing. You are to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Then the second example is Paul, who openly named false teachers who were leading the early church members astray. It says at 1 Timothy 1, 19 and 20, Holding faith and a good conscience, by rejecting this, some have made shipwreck of their faith. Among who are, I'm going to butcher this name, Hamiatus and Alexander, who I have handed over to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. Then we see 2 Timothy, okay, 2, 16 through 18. But avoid irreverent babble, for it will land people and lead people into more and more ungodliness. And their talk will spread like gangrene. And then he says, Among them are Hyamiathus and Phethus or Philetus, who have swerved from the truth. Swerved from the truth. I know I'm butchering these names. (laughs) Saying that the resurrection has already happened. They are upsetting the faith of some. And then the third example they give is Apostle Peter, okay, openly confronting Anasus and his wife Sapphira for a Sapphira for lying to the Holy Spirit about the amount of money they had contributed to God's work. 
and they both died on the same day. Ooh. Acts 5.3, but Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? We see that when such judgment is passed, it is done openly before a group of believers as a form of church discipline, not secretly as a personal attack. In the last portion of this episode, we're going to look at using discernment in our personal relationships. What should we do if the Holy Spirit helps us to prophetically discern someone's hidden sins and strongholds? Should we respectively confront them or just pray for them without saying anything to anyone? That's a very good question. It's an excellent question. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians 14, 24. But if all prophecy and an unbeliever or outsider enters, he is convicted by all. He is called to account by all. The secrets of his heart are disclosed. And so, falling on his face, he will worship God and declare that God is really among you. Now it says, it all depends on how God leads us. And we cannot do any of this on our own. We must lead on God for everything. For everything. Everything that we're seeing in real time on the news, we're hearing, we're seeing, we're reading, we're experiencing is proving many, many things over and over and over. This is this is my my uh, observation, my thinking. Okay, and, and hopefully, I hope with God's discernment. Okay, I'm hoping that I have to question and reevaluate over and over again because it's so just like how we're reading here, how we're seeing, how we're hearing that there is a very fine line and we have to be vigilant. We always have to be self assessing each other that we're not doing something wrong. Okay, that we're doing everything to the best of our ability that God wants us to do and to, to let Him lead us. Fully, we need him. We need him for everything. I think everything's pointing to that. I, I don't. I, I believe it to be right in my spirit that because look at how everything is going. We need God. We've always needed him. Okay. All right. So this is that all depends on how God leads us. To begin with, it is helpful to discern if they have the wisdom to listen to godly counsel. That's very important. God and very true. Proverbs 9, 8 and 9 says, do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man and he will increase in learning. Are simply weak in faith and should be shown grace. Romans 14.1 As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. Have been blinded by Satan 
and they will be unable to see the truth even if we told them. Now, we see a lot of people like that, okay? We see a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people like that. Second Corinthians 4, 4. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Okay, then the next category is will reject godly counsel and attack us instead. See a lot of that. Matthew 7, 6. Do not give dogs what is holy. There's that, that's that scripture again. And do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Then we can ask God, please give me your wisdom. What do you wish for me to do with this insight? God often gives us discernment to protect an individual or a body of believers. The first are fellow believers who have wandered off the narrow path of eternal life and need our loving counsel to save them from spiritual corruption. We are to do so in a way that leads to peaceful relations and builds one another up. For this, we need to know how to speak the truth in love. Okay? At James 5, 19 and 20, it says, My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. We look at Romans 14, 19. It says, So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Now the second category is the second are pe- the second category are people who unrepentantly corrupt the body of believers, okay? The Bible also makes it clear that we need to consider asking those who are unwilling to submit to God to leave our communities after warning them a couple of times. I'm thinking this is quite prevalent, just like what I said earlier, of of listening to other people's commentary about when they're looking at our religious leaders, okay, who have all types of ministries, whether it be small, whether it be big, or whatever, or anything in between, there are people that are out there unrepentantly corrupting the body of believers, the body of Christ, um, with all types of things, okay? So what they're advising, they said the Bible, the Bible, this is what we always should turn to, is the Bible, the living word, The Bible also makes it clear that we need to consider asking those who are unwillingly to submit and who are unwilling to submit to God to leave our communities after warning them a couple of times. Examples include people who brazenly tempt believers into sexual immorality and wild living. Okay, quarrelsome people who love to stir up conflict and trouble or false teachers okay such people do not truly follow jesus and may even be used by the devil 
to sow division or lead people astray. This is what we don't want, okay? To uh, present uh, a roadblock, a stumbling block. We're trying to bring as many people as we can back to God in Jesus Christ, not for them to be, to put division and, and, and sow divisiveness and lead people astray, okay? At Titus 3.10, it says, As for a person who stirs up division, after warning him once and then twice, have nothing more to do with him. Discernment is a gift that brings life when used as God intends. It is a gift. It becomes deadly when we use it to attack other people in judgment. As we grow in our relationship with God, may we abound more and more in uplifting discernment and less and less in condemning judgment. We look at the book of Philippians 1, 9 and through 11. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent. And so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thanks for listening to Teachable Moments with April. If you did enjoy this episode, I invite you to come right back to check out my podcast and my other episodes. Don't forget to listen, add us to your favorites, and support by clicking on the link in the description. As always, be blessed and be well. Until next time.